everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. Uh, so, Steve, we're doing episode 11, a.k.a. I've Got the Blues. Yeah, yeah. Nice nice title, and I've got a note about that later on when we get to that. Uh, but, yeah, this is an interesting episode. After the events at the, the bar, the bar where uh, everyone tried to – or Kilgrave tried to get everybody to hang themselves – um, Jessica, he, she begins searching for him, for Kilgrave, uh, thinking that he's killed his father. So she's searching all these different morgues and trying to find the, the father dead at a morgue somewhere that, that will hopefully connect her to where Kilgrave is. Um, Simpson is trying to find Jessica. Uh, we find out that there really is more going on with Simpson and his meds uh, when he comes to Jessica's apartment and attacks her. And we see that she's already hurt, and so he can't really, she can't really fight him. So Trish takes one of the red pills and has this fight with Simpson. And then the very end of the episode, we get to see Luke again with a bang. <laughs> Did I miss anything? <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so why don't we start with uh, your number five? Yeah, top five now. And then there's the matter of your bill. My number five would be after the opening scene. Those that Jessica saves and her scrambling to make an excuse for what had happened. That was a little bit intense. Yeah, and the one, the one, the guy's sister not wanting to lie about it, and then Jessica having to basically convince her that, well, if you try to tell the truth, here's what you're going to have to say. And the sister realizing, oh, well, yeah, if I say that, I'm going to sound like a lunatic, you know. Um, so I thought that was uh, – yeah, that was a, a really good uh, kind of scene, especially when it cuts back to the, the sister saying the, the words that Jessica told her to say and just repeating that, the lie. So that's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I had for my number five was that flashback at the beginning that we see uh, in the hospital after the car crash that killed Jessica's parents. We see that uh, that Trish was really on her way to becoming that vacuous starlet. She's talking about how she doesn't want to meet this girl who's, you know, whose parents are dead and she doesn't want to put the wig on and uh, even though young Trish didn't want to be saved, Jessica saves her anyway. We see those those different flashbacks of uh, Jessica in the bathroom realizing about her powers and and all that. So just all those things kind of going together we're learning a lot more about this jessica trish relationship that it really is a very sisterly type relationship to the point of of jessica wanting to protect her and trish not wanting her to protect her and uh, all those things yeah definitely it's a weird situation with like trying to mislead everybody Mm -hmm. you know my number four would be uh simpson what is going on with him it seems yeah. like he's having a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's weird. And I had this. This is my number four as well. Uh, is Simpson himself? Because it, when he's in the when he's in the hallway and he takes the pill, that we know that the pill like ups his aggression and, and makes him able to, to do all these these incredible things. And then he just shoots those guys. And I, I didn't understand if he was going to just pull out his gun and shoot them. Why does he? Why did he need to take the pill? You know, it, did he need the pill to give him the the you know the state of mind to be able to shoot those guys, or maybe it'll it made him pull his gun out a little bit faster so that they didn't react with enough time? It was a little confusing to me. Like like I thought he was just going to fight him, and then he shoots him. 
Yeah, it, it's weird because it sounds to me like uh, it's kind of an addiction thing. It's mm. almost a high. And then he, it gives him that courage to do these things and just be relentless. I'm just going to just do this. And okay. uh, he has no uh, moral value. He's just going to do whatever he wants. But, you know, it's kind of an addiction pull, which relates a little bit maybe towards Malcolm. Mm-hmm. But Malcolm was forced to become an addict due to Kilgrave. Right, That's right. What we've learned. So, yeah. So that was my that was my number four. As long as we kind of had the same number four there, and uh, my number three kind of goes along with what we'd already talked about when she convinces the group uh, to lie at the beginning, and and then that group is just starting to fall apart. We can see how Malcolm is really trying to hold them all together. Yeah, but they're still they're still falling apart, and uh, I think he calls himself the professor of Kilgraveism, <laughs> which I thought was thought was kind of interesting. Um, uh, you know, because everybody's treating him like he knows uh, all this stuff, and and even the sister is like, "Well, we've got to kill her, we got to kill him," and and all this, and and it just was very interesting to me uh, that whole thought of. Malcolm really was, and I, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, that we're Malcolm is really trying to be what he said he wanted to be, that he wanted to be a counselor. He wanted to be someone who helps people like that, and so suddenly he's getting to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, he's coming into his own. He's actually seeking a path for himself and moving forward with it, and especially if he could help these other people that fell victim to Kilgrave. Mm-hmm. So I, I do agree with that. So what was your number three? My number three would be Trish taking care of Jessica after the whole incident and then cover it up. It shows a little sisterly love and respect, kind of like we went over before. It shows that, you know, they grew up together and they know each other very well and they do care for each other. So Yeah, and there was there's an interesting exchange in there when she's wrapping up Jessica's uh, ribs there. She says something like, you should go to a hospital or something like that. And Jessica says, well, it, not only is it harder for me to, to get hurt, but I heal faster or something something like that. So she knows. So there's more to her power than just strength. You know, there's, there's something going on with her. She doesn't have the thick skin like what uh, Luke Cage has, mm-hmm. but she's, she's definitely got something more going on with her than just, uh, than just strength. You know. Yeah, it seems like it excels the body to do everything, whether it be, I'm sure, I'm wondering, her hearing, her eyesight, is that mm-hmm. keen? But obviously we know her healing and her strength is uh, enhanced to a certain point. So, right. And we know she could jump extremely high, not fly. but Right, and she can land. I think she says something about she. it's falling, but she, she can land really. Like she, when she does those jumps, she can land. You know, is the thing she can jump off the bit like she didn't actually in the one episode, she didn't actually jump off the building, but she knew that she could have she could have jumped off that. Remember when she was when she said she was going to escape Kilgrave and he he didn't realize and, and he calls her back into the into the room before she steps off the building. I think she was going to jump not to kill herself. I think she was really believed she would be able to get away. That was the only yeah. route for her escape. So almost like a cat, though, but she does the superhero landing as exactly. like Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. yeah exactly. <laughs> look, look, look. Love she's going to do a hero landing. Look, look, look. Boom. It's a hero landing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. 
So I think that brings us to your number two. And I think we have a very similar number two, but go ahead. I'll go. Yeah, my number two would be Trish and Jess when they were kids. Trish seeing Jessica lifting the top of the toilet overhead and they come to an agreement. Shows the trust that they have from when they, they were young, you know. So obviously Trish knew from the beginning when they were children as they were brought up together by Trish's mom uh, or, you know, when Jessica was adopted into that family. So Trish knows about these powers and has kept that pretty much a secret, even to her own mom, I think, at at certain Mm -hmm. points. Obviously, this comes out later on, but we don't see it with uh, Trish's mom. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't see it. But Trish's mom says like in one of the episodes, if it's this one or the next one, I'm getting them confused, um, where Trish's mom says that Jessica came to her and told her that uh, if she told anyone about her power, she'd pull her ears off or something, something to that (laughs) that effect. Uh, And obviously the there was enough proof there from that altercation she had with Jessica that she believed her, you know, and obviously they had to explain what happened in the bathroom somehow. To her mom or to a repair person, you know, even if they were able to try to cover it up from her mom, it's still they had to say something like, oh, it must have just been poor construction or something, you know, that this piece that this sink just broke off because it didn't it didn't come away from the wall, you know, so they can't say that, oh, like the bonding broke. She actually broke that sink. Yeah, you know, and uh, uh, and so I I, I would kind of like to know how they explained that without revealing Jessica's powers, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not, it's not super important. It just would be kind of interesting to know. And this was kind of my same number two was just the, the whole relationship between Trish and Jess that we see this coming out that you know Trish sees Jessica use her powers and she says, oh, I won't or. You know, they they make this pact that Jessica says, well, I won't save you if you don't tell anyone my powers, you know, and so but then she breaks that because she ends up helping Trish. But yet Trish still kept that trust because she didn't tell people about her powers. So I thought that was kind of an interesting duality there of that, which brings us to actually I remember I don't want to cut you off, but I really want to interject. Yeah, that that, that whole uh bathtub uh well yeah no that toilet seat scene it was it was the sink because she remember she she grabs the sink okay. and she breaks the the sink off yes with her she's so frustrated in the bathroom yeah and uh, uh what other movie has that in there where somebody has their powers that uh breaks a sink i'm scratching my head <laughs> i'm scratching you're gonna get me on this one i'm sure all right uh i'll let you know uh, Wolverine uh, Origins. Oh, okay. It's and been a long time since I watched that. And uh, he goes to, you know, the the older couple brings him in, uh, him into their house, and then he goes in. He goes to wash up for dinner, and he sees the the claws come out, and he accidentally cuts cuts the their sink. their sink. Okay, <laughs> yeah. It's been so long since I watched that movie that uh, I, I didn't. I didn't really. I was thinking when you when you started bringing up, I was thinking of the scene in the Matrix where uh, where Morpheus breaks through the wall, the bathroom wall, to attack Agent Smith. Well, that's is what idea. I was I that's was thinking too. Uh, more about it's kind of that's the opposite end of it kind of happening, but um, but 
But yeah, that's what when you first started saying. Is he talking about the Matrix? That guy, he broke out of a wall. He didn't break his. But so yeah, I know that that will that that's a good that's a good parallel there with the especially being a Marvel. Uh, even though most people are trying to forget what <laughs> Wolverine. Um, I enjoyed uh, it for what it was. I just didn't like the Deadpool at the end. <laughs> yeah, the whole Deadpool at the end thing still it still confuses me. But uh, yeah, no, I I remember enjoying the movie. Um, I really liked. Um, that which one is it logan that's not logan it's um one of them finally has or it does a parallel to the scene in um one of the wolverine comics i have the the graphic novel of it somewhere that i've always liked was uh when he was having his relationship with the japanese girl kamiko that uh her father fought him one time and fought him with a wooden sword because he said he wasn't worthy mm-hmm. for Wolverine to fight him with a steel sword. And at the end of that, when they have their final big battle, Wolverine says, am I am I honorable enough now? And he says, we shall see. And then they fight, actually fight with claws and, and samurai sword. And it's a really good uh, – I just – that's – that's one scene that I've always wished they would they would at least do something like that uh, in yeah. one of the, and I think they did it in one of the movies, but I can't remember which one now. I'm gonna have to go it go was back. The second movie. It was the second one, right? Yeah, okay, the, the second, second Wolverine. Yeah. The okay. Wol- uh, the Wolverine. I think. The Wolverine, called. right? Not Origins Wolverine. The Wolverine. That's that's it. You're right. That's the one that, that they did it. Okay. But very, uh, very good. Yeah that that was that was an interesting take on that one. I I love that idea and that thought. Uh, a lot of people hated that, but I like the idea that we had a silver samurai in that movie mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really good, really good stuff. Um, so it does bring us to our number ones. Um, and uh, I don't know what order we're in here, so I'll just go with mine. Sure. Uh, and I think it took me till the second viewing really to realize this, but there's no uh, there's no Kilgrave in this episode. At all, we don't see him, we don't hear him, nothing. I think that's this is besides those first couple of episodes before we, before the reveal of him. This is the first time we've not had a, a uh, uh, episode at all with him not in it at all. Uh, also, uh, no one said the title of the episode, which which is which is new. Normally. I catch it somewhere within the episode. Uh, Simpson had the blues, but remember he throws them away after Trish takes the red pill. He says, <laughs> you have to have these to come down or you have to have the blue ones or something like that. I, I don't think he actually says I've got the blues, meaning the pills. I think he says I've got them or something like that. But then he throws them out the window, you know, of course. And that's when, when they have to rush Trish to the hospital and uh, yeah. we find out that she had an addiction and, uh, and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, that was my number, my number one, no Kilgrave and, and no one says the title. Yeah. Uh, my number one was basically Simpson out of control mm-hmm. and he's, he's trying to protect Trish. Uh, then going to Jessica still seems like he's on the pills and is not in his right mind. Yeah, that was interesting. One of those other scenes that I thought was interesting that, you know, when he's I think she comes out of the it's she comes up the elevator. He's sitting in her hallway and she's like, she's like, does my doorman do anything <laughs> at all? You know, like cause it seems like every week somebody new is getting into her building like he's and Simpson's like, well, he sleeps, you know, or something, something like that. Um, 
So yeah, I thought that was that was really good. And then we see her tied up, or no, she's in the he locks her in the gym room, and she has to try to she must eventually break out of that gym room, I guess, because obviously she comes to Jessica's apartment uh, there at the at towards the end. But uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, any quotes there? I've got a couple. I think you've got a couple. Yeah. So go with yours. Okay, uh, but the first one I, that made me laugh was uh, Robin, uh, the the sister at the beginning. They're talking about <laughs> cults, and she says, "Cults are real." One tried to recruit me once, you know. Uh, and then uh, we were talking about the whole bathroom scene that uh, young Jessica says, "Well, I, I broke the butt the, a brush earlier, but that may have just been normal, you know." <laughs> she's, she's like, "She's got this broken brush, and she's got this tore up sink, you know." Well, that may have just been a normal break, though. <laughs> so I, I chuckled at those. Yeah, I have a couple, too. Uh, Jessica, well, there are only one or two people I can afford to protect and care about. Trish? <laughs> two? Yeah. Who's the other one? <laughs> I loved it. And, and it makes you think, like, who? Is that Luke? <laughs> yeah, I had that I had that question down at the bottom uh, for later on for this episode as well, is who was that other one that she was talking about? Is she talking about Luke or is she talking about somebody else maybe that we haven't uh, don't know about yet. Uh, and then uh, the second one I got is uh, Simpson. He says, yeah, I'm a dick, but I need your help. <laughs> After he picks up Jessica's call. Yeah. Uh, Jessica's call to Trish, you know, that that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, it was really, really good. I think uh, the only thing that was that uh, I did, we didn't get to bring up um, was the, the rock and roll flutist, flautist, flute. How do you, is that flautist? Flautist, flute, probably. The girl. The, the girl who played the flute really fast, you know, and uh, I think Trish says something like, uh, oh, she's got a good 15 minutes in her or something like that uh, to her, her producer lady when she just leaves the radio show. I thought that was cute. Yeah. Yeah. The episode was a little bit more uh, centric around Jessica and Trish's past a bit, uh, how they trust one another and how they've been taking care of one another throughout all these years, you know, yeah. pr- pretty much bringing them together. So yeah, it was really cool. The trust, uh, the mm-hmm. trust and everything else. Uh, I really enjoyed it. The fact that they used a lot of, you know, flashbacks and when they were kids. And then, you know, they integrate that into where they are now as adults. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really like that scene because that's one thing that I've been wanting um, really, I think I've said this in a couple of different episodes leading up to this one. I was like, I want to know why these two are so close because obviously they're not related to each other. We know that. So there, there had to be some reason why the two of them were so close and so tightly, uh, tightly knit together, so to speak. Yeah. I, I like it. So the next episode was AKA take a bloody number. Um, uh, Kilgrave does say this at the beginning when uh, Luke, uh, Luke, he asks Luke, what do you want? Or something like that. Luke says, I want to kill you. And he says, take a bloody number. (laughs) So uh, I really, I liked that. that uh, that that this episode uh, it starts up uh, almost exactly where the last one ended. We see Luke standing outside of his exploded bar. Um, and we discover that Kilgrave, and I think if I remember correctly, hearing this in the in the last episode, we overheard some news things um, that we now can put together in this episode. That Kilgrave is trying to expand his his powers by time and distance. That's unknown to Jessica, though she doesn't know that yet. Um, but he's we're seeing him do do some things to 
where like he tried to affect that whole room of people and as he's walking out uh, he, he tells his father, well, yeah, did you hear the hecklers in the back? They, I didn't get to the back. I need to. And his father says that line, and I may have it down at the bottle, that it's incremental, not exponential, mm. uh, is his uh, expansion of his powers. Um, so I like that. Uh, Malcolm, I was a little confused by this part. Maybe you can help me. Uh, Malcolm leaves or he tries to leave because we see him like towards the beginning of the episode. We see him outside the building with his bag. And then I guess – oh, yeah, he goes back in because of the shouting, because Robin's shouting at the delivery driver. That's, yeah. that's why he goes back in. Now that explains it. OK, so it's not a – it wasn't an editing or continuity error. He goes back in and doesn't leave because he's helping Robin. OK, never mind. Uh, Jessica and Luke are searching for Kilgrave, and we learn some more about Jessica's past. In fact, we're, we learn that, yes, her powers are somehow tied to what was done to her after the accident, not before. Like I, I speculated that when she was in the car uh, and she broke the brother's video game, that she that may have been the beginning of her powers. But we kind of get a confirmation here that the the company that the same company that is involved with these genetic testings and things that are going on with Kilgrave had something to do with her. What is our top five for this one? Why don't you start? I'll start. Okay. And then there's the matter of your bill. Uh, my my number five would be Jessica talking to Luke about what happened with Luke's wife and how she wants to get Kilgrave. Then sits all night with the police scanner in her ear. You know, she's just listening to the police scanner just like Spider-Man does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's there and she's just staring into uh, probably the room where uh, Luke is. And, you know, there is a bit of respect in that scene. And uh, it seems like Luke is respecting her for what she's doing. And then there's her respecting him and his privacy. So uh, it's kind of weird, though, because it it seemed like almost like a standoff because Mm -hmm. there's a bit tension of what's going on because... Obviously, she, you know, spilt the beans about, yeah, I killed your wife. And, you know, and he took it kind of easily. Yeah. Um, I thought that, and of course, the big reveal at the end that we, we find out that Kilgrave has been controlling him the entire time because that's the, that's the thing that she says when, when, uh, when they come back to her apartment. Um, and that's another funny moment that I don't think I I, uh, I talked about. They come back to her. They they come back to her apartment. And it's still all trashed. Um, but yet Trish's apartment was cleaned up. It was it was put <laughs> back together. They wiped the blood off the walls. Uh, Jessica's uh, apartment is still completely just trashed from the fight. All they did was take take away Simpson. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was that was interesting. Um, my uh, my number five is uh, when she leaves, she reaches through the broken window to lock the door. I was like, <laughs> what's <laughs> the point? Exactly. Like this, that stupid window gets broken every time. Like, you know. Yeah, somebody's uh, going to get in. Somebody's going to get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just was so funny to see her reach through the, the, the broken window to lock the door. I thought that was, that was really interesting. Um, but, of course, going back to yours, you know, she tells Luke we have to wait 24 hours 
you know, how long has it been since you talked to Kilgrave? And he says, however long it was. And she goes, okay, we've got to wait total of 24 hours for his effect to wear off. And then, of course, we get the reveal at the end of the episode that he's been expanding his powers. There, It's now up to 36 hours, you know, or something like that. He says 12 extra hours or something. And that's why he was able to control um, Luke the whole time. So uh, uh, Wait, wait. Well, there was that moment in the apartment with her where he took a phone call from somebody. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't work over the phone. But it, it wasn't it wasn't Kilgrave who called him though. Yeah, it was his friend, but it made me suspicious though, thinking you know, mind you, this is like my second watch mm-hmm. after watching it initially years ago. Like how many years ago? Wow. But regardless, uh, I'm thinking maybe he had gotten that ability from his father. Oh, I see. He expanded his ability to, to go through a phone or through a device. Could be. That could be also why, you know, he makes that big deal out of, it was this episode or one of the, one of the recent episodes when, Je- when he's in the apartment with Jessica Kilgrave is, and she, this is before she's decided to kill him. Or no, she has. She's just decided to kill him, I think, at that point. And uh, he says, well, you don't know what's going to happen if, if you kill me. You know, you don't know what what will everybody in this building do if if I die, and that's what got me going. Huh? Has something changed about his powers? And so it's possible, yeah, that his 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 powers have expanded enough to where he can um, he can control people through devices like that. That's that's possible. We do know that he's he still doesn't have his hold over Jessica as we get revealed at the end of the episode when he tells her to stop and she's able to keep walking forward. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um number 4s. Your number 4. My number 4, uh Kilgrave working with his father. That that was like, whoa, what's going on here? And uh using his powers with no care in the world. Him telling the guy to shove off and do whatever and then mm-hmm. you know, it's like as he's talking to his father and then has, you know, it's like then he threatens his father and trying to have his father put his own fingers into the blender you know his father's putting his fingers into the blender yeah that that scene didn't make any sense to me because first off okay you're threatening him with a injury that that arguably i don't know how badly i mean it's going to be injured obviously if he does that if you're going to cut his fingers off though how is he then going to be able to work like you're you're losing it's kind of like killing the pilot of the plane when you're flying, you know, he, he's, he's got no way of then helping you if you, if you injure him this extremely. So yeah. it, didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. And it just, but it does show, again, that just like with the couple that was uh, in their house that he told them to keep their eyes open and not blink, his powers have, he has power over the uh, biologically, not just mentally. Like because the human the, the human eye we can't we we can't hold our eyes open that long. No, we're we're going to blink. We have to, and so obviously his control over them was more was more powerful than their biology, and so that just like the people he they find the workers in there, and Jessica says, well, if he tells you to work nonstop, you're going to work until you pass out or fall out on the floor, you know. Um, so that's why that when they were at that company where he was trying to make the drug that enhanced his enhanced his powers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, all the things that he's doing are just a little crazy. Um, yeah, my number four uh, was was kind of along the same lines of him testing his powers. That guy with the the shears, the gardening shears through his mouth. That was just yeah disturbing to me. That was uh, it was it was scary to watch that. Even though you know what's going to happen, we don't see, but we see the things coming out the back of his head, the blood on him, and you're just like, Ugh, it was it was disturbing. Um, so what was your number three? Uh, my number three was Trish's mom trying to get back into Trish's life. You know, plus Trish finding out information of what happened to Jessica. Then everything blows up with Trish and her mom. Th- there was a lot of history in that scene itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and it's like Trish's mom is like, you know. Pretty much a user, if you look at her. She's a piece of work, isn't she? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I love Rebecca De Mornay, De Mornay, you know. It's like, yeah. I, I love her as an actress, but she played the creepy, you know, child star mom, you know. Yeah. And, and it is utilizing Trish's stardom, or past mm-hmm. stardom, to do whatever she needs for her own, you know, gratification yeah. and just get money. Yeah, and and there's an interesting. That's another thing that goes back to the Trish and Jessica relationship because remember she's she's doing that because she's trying to get information about that company, and she finds out that that company is not just the company that they gave. Is it the same company that they gave the fetus to? But it's it's still the same company that that took care of Jessica's medical bills when she was a child. And so it's all like there's all these things that are connecting, but it's not connecting to Trish. It's Trish getting information for Jessica. Yeah. You know, and and she's having to to endure this manipulation by her mom who says, well, maybe that's all I have and maybe that's not all I have. If you will come to dinner or whatever, come to the, you know, spend time with me, then maybe I'll give you more information about this thing. And I just wanted to go. Come on, lady. You're just you're using. You've already used your kid to uh, anyway. So well, you, you spoke about the fetus. No, that's the one that Hargra- Hargrave killed. It? Yeah, the one that the girl had in the 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 the, the one who killed herself in the bar. Yeah, um, with, uh, with the glass. Yeah, yeah. Jessica's lawyer got the fetus after the girl did the abortion, took yeah. the abortion pill. Okay, and she had it sent to a company, and I can't remember. Is that the same company that that she that had these medical records of Jessica's? That's what I'm thinking. Okay, I think it was. I think it was. So I'm just saying, there's all these connections that we're seeing that, and I mentioned it the last couple episodes when we saw with the lawyer. There's things we don't know going on. Obviously, she's got connections. Oh, yeah. With something, you know, which brings us to uh, my number three, which we kind of already talked about a little bit, but I'm reading my note here. And so he was on the street with his bag early in the in the episode saying he's going to leave, telling Jessica and uh, Luke that he's going to leave. Yeah. And and then it cuts a few minutes later to him coming out of his apartment with the same bag. And that's when he. Here's Robin and the delivery person fighting. So I don't know if this is a bad piece of editing or we missed a scene where he comes back for some reason. Um, I, I don't know. And I have to go back and watch the episode again to see. But I think I, I think I've got the order of events there correctly, that he is on the street with his bag saying he's going to leave. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then a few minutes later, he's back in the apartment building with his, his bag. bag. Yeah, hearing, I did see that. Okay. And he's hearing Robin and the delivery person arguing. And then he's still there. You know, so what ha- you know, what changed his mind? What did he yeah, it just a lack of continuity. Yeah, yeah. Something <laughs> something something's not not being connected there. So Yeah. That would be Oh, I think that I think that leads us right into your number two, is it looks like. Yeah. Malcolm Rubin's uh sister in the hall. That was a touching moment, you know. He cared for her even though she is a little off, you know. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's a little bit of a, a strange one, I, and I think Ruben was too. But uh, yeah, but you know, uh, with everything that uh, Robin has said about her brother, mm-hmm. shows there, there's a little bit of a twisted kind of family matters going on. There. Oh yeah, no, oh for sure, for sure, there was something weird, and but it is really touching there when Malcolm takes her to the spot where he dumped the body. Yeah. You know, and she's kind of like, we were, we're, whatever, we're the Aquarius, the Aquarius sign or. Yeah, fish. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the she Aquarius. She said, that's our, that's our, uh, Zodiac sign. And yeah, we always thought of fishes. ourselves. Yeah. And, and she kind of says, it's kind of fitting that he's, he's in water. And there was a moment when I was afraid that she was going to jump or Malcolm was going to push her or, or something, but they really made it a very touching scene when she throws the necklace in, you know, saying that she, she wouldn't let him pay for the, the two day shipping or whatever. Uh, and so that's why he didn't have it. And she throws it in the water and she tells Malcolm that she forgives him. Uh, and it really is, it's a very touching scene. And we see this Malcolm really gets to see kind of the fulfillment of what he's been trying to do. With with somebody, yeah, you know, he's he trying wants to, to help s- them. And yeah, he, yeah, he's trying to help them through their grief of what this guy has done to everybody. Jeez, and uh, you know, and him being a victim himself, mm-hmm. so he knows firsthand. But you know, now he's trying to help those other people. And exactly. Now, and now she's coming around to seeing. Okay, uh, right. I have a funny feeling that it's like she's going to come around. She's uh, I think she's a good person. Not the most sanest of people, but yeah, <laughs> definitely a good person. I, I like Malcolm made that comment to the delivery person that she's off her meds or something like that. You know, she only gets like this when she's off her meds. You know, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, so yeah, that was that was really really good. Um, kind of so it brings us uh, to my number two, which is that reveal that we've already briefly talked about. That reveal that that Kilgrave was controlling Luke the entire time. That it's expanded by at least twelve hours. I. It sounds to me like that was a, not a lot of time in between. Like it, it seemed like it was it was a couple of days more, but uh, any either way, it's still his powers have expanded beyond the twenty four hour mark. But even even then, um, before Jessica shoots him, and the screen goes black, he does. She says, "You you can't you fight him, or you should be able to fight him." And he says, "I can't." And uh, we we discover that there people are aware. And we've kind of got an inkling of this already, but people are aware that they're being controlled. Um, just like the guy who gave him his gave Kilgrave his jacket, mm-hmm. you know, he says he says I lost a, a, a Gucci jacket or or whatever, 
it was. And he says, I just gave it to him because I wanted to. And so they suddenly they're starting to realize the guy who drove Kilgrave around and just left his his child you know, in, on the street and ended up losing custody of his kid because Kilgrave had him. And we also see more of – and we've seen this all along, but you mentioned the whole thing about Kilgrave not caring. He He doesn't know the consequences of his actions that his his actions don't have just direct consequences on one person nope. they end up having more consequences on others so um but i like that that was that that whole thing in uh that leads us it looks like our our we both have the same number one <laughs> we'll both uh, say it at the same time yeah that's fine that fight. <laughs> that fight oh man that was intense and he's throwing her around and she's dropping things on him, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, um, it was tough. And I, I still wonder, and I, I don't know if we're going to get a confirmation of this or not. Is that when he says to her, "I could never forgive you," or "How could I ever forgive you?" She says, "Oh, that's just Kilgrave talking." And now she can't know; she doesn't know whether it's Kilgrave talking or if it's you know. Luke himself having those feelings. So she's not going to know until maybe until Luke wakes up and can confirm one way or the other yeah. what he what he thinks about her or how he feels toward her really. You know. What do you think about that? Oh my god. Yeah, it's Kilgrave apparently has been ongoing with this with him keeping, mm-hmm. you know, that control over Luke. But a lot of what Luke has said over over the actual uh, episode itself was his thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Kilgrave was controlling his thoughts and having him dictate everything or script out everything, particularly what Luke is thinking. Yeah. So, you know, all we got was he goes, oh, I scripted that. And, you know, he states that in one little line. But mm-hmm. it wasn't every line because he doesn't know Luke particularly. Yeah, it, it made me wonder is how long and you just kind of hit it hit on it. How long has this been going on? You know, he, how long has he known who Luke is? How long has he known Luke had powers? Because obviously he had to know something about Luke other than, you know, other than the beginning of this this episode. Yeah, yeah, this this episode. So he's had him under he's, his he's, finger yeah, all that time. Yeah, he was the true wow. puppet master. Yeah, yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's like he just keeps going on and on, and then, but Luke is still himself, reiterating all these things that only Luke knows. But mm-hmm. you know, Kilgrave doesn't know these intimate details unless he interviewed Luke. Where are we going to see this? Are we going to yeah. see how he was able to get this information to script out all this stuff? So that way he could manipulate Jessica in some way at that one event where they yeah. just take each other out. And, oh, my God, that was amazing as far as that fight was concerned. You know, you have somebody who has, you know, skin as hard as steel mm-hmm. and strength. And then you got Jessica who still gets wounded. And then they're battling it out. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the results of that fight are for her in the next episode because she's already been injured. She's yeah. coming off an injury, and now she's just gone through another big fight. 
So I, I wonder how she's going to be in the next episode. It was it was really torture for me not to not to move on and watch the the last episode, but I didn't do it. I waited till after. I wanted to wait till after we talked about these two because I didn't want to have anything uh, peppering my mind. <laughs> um, we've already talked about one of my uh, my quotes, uh, the incremental, not exponential quote. But then uh, there, that moment when Jessica is walking through the the park and she sees the couples with all their little kids and she's like breeders and then she just keeps walking. <laughs> I just I backed that up and listened to that like two or three times because I am not a big kid person. It's I mean. I don't hate kids necessarily, but I'm just I don't have any of my own kids. So like anytime I see people with a bunch of kids, I'm just like, uh <laughs> so. <laughs> But that was really all uh, the, oh, what's up? That's <laughs> what everybody calls me. I work I work at a place that has a child care too, and it's uh I see them all day long. Um, <laughs> well kids are you know, they're they're hard to take care of, honestly. But yeah. you know, it's like you gotta love them. Uh, you missed that on the Zed Head weekend, so... Yeah, I did. <laughs> I would have been in hell. There would have been a, par- a small part of me that was in hell. So, <laughs> all those kids running around. Uh, we missed you, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the next one. Uh, i got to figure out about Atlanta. I don't know yet. Well, uh, no, no, I'm talking about the barbecue. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I want to do the next one for sure. For, and, for sure. And for those listeners out there... Uh, uh, we're referencing uh, Jason and Karen from the Walking Dead cast that we're, you know, Steve and I are Patreons of. And uh, I went to Pennsylvania and had a great weekend with all the Zed heads from that uh, particular podcast that we Patreon to. And it was awesome. We had a great time. There was uh, family, kids, everything. We had a great time at Hershey Park. We had a good, great time. And the kids were awesome. And so are the parents. And then we, of course, at night we had a little drinking fun and playing games of like, oh, Friends Trivial Pursuit or uh, Walking Dead Trivial Pursuit. Nice. Yeah. And Cards Against Humanity and things like that. We had fun. So, but uh, the the kids had a great time too. And, you know, little Uncle Mark had had to bring a lot of stuff like bubbles and glow sticks and stuff like that yeah and i don't do that kind of stuff <laughs> so I, you, you I, just I had nieces, one so <laughs> you just had one quote uh yeah i have one quote and that's about it uh mine was uh they say talking about trauma kind of helps and jogging <laughs> and that was <laughs> jessica herself yeah and uh you know i think that was in reference to uh simpson yeah 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 is there anything else that we missed in this uh, in these two episodes or this episode as a whole? Uh, that's all I could think of right now. Um, yeah. I, I wrote everything out ahead of time, but uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, I think it was uh, an interesting twist of fate how Kilgrave manipulated a few people. Mm-hmm. Luke and Kilgrave's own father, mm-hmm. how they were both manipulated throughout this episode and how, I don't know, he's so maniacal. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All to be exposed at the end of the episode. You know, we see this all at the end. And, you know, obviously, you know, Kilgrave's father in the middle. And we see how crazy Kilgrave is. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and that's the only thing that I really had. And we kind of already talked a little bit was Jessica thinking that that Kilgrave's expanded powers will allow him to control people uh, other than with that direct ear contact. So I think we kind of already discussed that, really. Yeah. 
Uh, finally finished all three episodes of Oblivion Song, Mark Kirkman's uh, comic. Mark? Um, uh, Mark, not Mark. <laughs> Robert Kirkman's comic. Um, I, I I liked them. It's a it's an interesting. It's an interesting twist on the actual apocalypse, and, and mm-hmm. being being a dimensional apocalypse. Yeah, as it is. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I like reading it and to see where it goes further because you have your predominant character and and how he's trying to help everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I listened to uh, our I listened to most of the, our episode with Avellino where we talked about uh, Oblivion Song before we had read it and uh, it was interesting. So that's a that's a good episode if anybody gets a chance to listen. To I think that's episode ten of the podcast uh, with Mr. Avellino. Mr. Avellino um, Rashid. Good guy. What You've got another note here, Mark. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody, and uh, you probably all heard the news, but I'm a big comic book man fan, and it was canceled by AMC. So apparently this is ongoing with AMC's changing of everything. You know, it's like we don't have talking with Chris Hardwick anymore. Yeah. And uh, there's that whole thing between Chris Hardwick and Chloe Dykstra. So, yeah, can we talk about that? Do you think we can bring that up without without sure. inciting the the? Because this is my thought on it personally. Um, in her little thing that, and I didn't read all of it. I, I saw some of her post. She never actually names him. No, and so literally everyone assumes that it's him. Even he assumes that it's him. And to the point where AMC has dropped him from everything, uh, the Nerdist, the the company that he built, uh, has wiped and sold off. Yeah, has wiped his name off from everything. All of this over a rumor that's not even an allegation of crime, of criminal acts. She's not – as far as I know, she's not uh, gone to the police and tried to get him arrested or – anything for these things. She literally put out a post not naming him and all this fallout has hit him for over a rumor. Yeah. It just, well, it just not, not to make a pun, almost playing him as a Kilgrave. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, it just, it just blows my mind that these, and I really hope a part of me hopes that once he gets exonerated, he's able to, to get some recompense from these people. You know, I don't know if he'll ever be able to be exonerated, though, if she never comes out unless it has already ruined his career. He has exactly set a podcast in over two weeks now. Mm -hmm. And I'm so upset about that because I I like Chris Hardwick's podcast. You know, Mm -hmm. it's ID 10 T and I will promote that. And I really do love the idea of Chris Hardwick doing the uh, the talk on uh amc as well as the talking dead and i'm I'm just hoping he's able to recover from this i'm hoping that everything is yeah. looked at after all said and done that he's able to retain some sort of dignity and pursue his career as it should be you know he's a married man now mm-hmm. and that that marriage came out after he broke up with chloe but all these text messages that he has basically given out showing how she tried to come back to him after like a month or two who would come back to yeah you know all that torment and torture you know yeah yeah are you a victim or are you 
you know, th- there's a lot going on in there. Mm-hmm. And I think she has, yeah. I, I, I like her as a person. I, I, I've seen like interviews and stuff and I've seen, there was a, uh, wow. There was an AMC special, I think at one point about cosplayers and she was on there and it mm-hmm. seemed like she was not happy with what was going on in her life and she was all over the place but that's just my speculation but it seemed like she didn't know what was you know she wanted to do and she's still living in the shadow of her father who is uh john dykstra i think i think that's his name i could be i'm not sure (laughs) but he did work on the star wars film and he created the lightsaber Oh, okay, cool. And uh, you know he he has that clout, and you know, and Chloe has lived off of that in some way to propel her career. And yeah. you know, so be it. Yes, I'm glad for her that she was able to do that. But you know, to bring this out, and if it's all wrong, oh yeah, yeah, that's not right. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, you know, not to not to take anything away from what's happening to, to Chris Hardwick because I'm sure. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to be fine. His his wife is a Hearst, so it's uh, it's not like it's not like they're hurting for money. I'm sure, but still, just the point is, is it wasn't even he wasn't named in anything, and it's just everyone assuming he's the one she's talking about that's killed his career, and it just it blows my mind. Yeah. And I like I said, I, I really hope. I don't. I don't know if it'll ever come out because she would have to be the one to come out and say, "Oh no, I'm not talking about him." You know, yeah, uh, I'm talking about somebody not. else. And she went no. uh, total social media dark as well as he until mm-hmm. a few times when he, he sent the uh, text messages to TMZ. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we won't know. Yeah. It's a matter of time. Exactly. Very interesting. Uh, so you have another note? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, John Bernthal has been seen on the set of The Walking Dead. <laughs> and... Uh, Flashbacks or Rick's hallucinations? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Have they have they finished filming Punisher season two? Have they have they finished uh, filming that, or or are they in a break maybe or something? I'm not sure. In a break at this point, but the fact yeah. is is that uh, if AMC starts calling old cast members in to come mm-hmm. in and film and shoot, it's we already know that Andrew Lincoln has already said that you know it's it's already been out there. Because comicbook.com has already thrown it out, and Collider has also uh, sent out all the information. We know that Andrew Lincoln's leaving the, the show. And yeah, my, my coworker asked me about that the other day, and I said, you know, AMC has not come out and officially said it yet, but it seems like it's a done deal. It, it uh, sounds like it's a done deal, and uh, same thing with uh, Lauren Cohan. Because mm-hmm. she's doing Whiskey Cavalier, and they're both slated for six episodes only. And mm-hmm. I have a funny feeling that's going to be within the first six episodes of the show. So everything is going to go out ahead. Now, if anybody doesn't want any comic book spoilers, you need to fast forward at least a good minute. So I'll give you that minute now. So basically, in the comic book, what they did was they did a time jump, and at the there was a little bit of like a civil war within the communities of the actual comic book. The only difference was after the civil war, 
what had happened was there was a group called the Whispers. So the Whispers wear the the dead skin and walk amongst the dead and whisper among them. So and in the comic they actually, you know, take out a bunch of our group. And I have a funny feeling they're going to take out Maggie and Rick at some sort of meeting and mm. put their heads on a pike. And mm. we already heard this expression stated in the show at one point. So I'm sorry, but I have a funny feeling that Rick and Maggie will be dead. And their heads are going to be on a pike. And that's going to incite the Whisperer War for the uh, second half of the season. It's an interesting theory. I don't know. Um, I've not read the comic book. So uh, I just know that I don't understand what they're doing. I mean, nobody does. What is this show without Rick Grimes? It's one thing. It, you, it was you Rick Grimes' life. And yeah. Without Carl, there is no life unless it's Judith. But the thing is, is what happens to Judith after this? Exactly. And I, I will say this one thing, and, and I'll say because I I said this to my coworker. I was one of the people in in the first three or four seasons. I was one of the people that was if they kill off Daryl, I'm done. But. They have written themselves – they've used these last three seasons and they have written Daryl into such a minor role yes. and given him so little to do that we're at the point where most of the audience wouldn't care if you killed off uh, – if, if off Daryl. And uh, that's unfortunate because I like the character. So the writers are really going to have to work overtime and do something. If they're going to make – if they want to make him the lead of the show – they're going to have to do something with that character to improve on what they've done, what they've tore down these last three seasons, and they've only got, you know, six to eight episodes to do it. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, you know, Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, I just finally was able to watch the season finale of that and see what happened there. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, I knew about it already because I. I don't spoilers don't bother me. I I've, I've never cared about spoilers or it doesn't change my enjoyment of uh, of a thing. So I already knew what was going to happen. Um you already just, heard Kyle and me talk about that on uh, the Walking Dead talk tour? I I didn't listen to the podcast but I saw it uh, but, you know I went I was on a cruise for a whole week and missed uh two episodes uh or missed the episode and when I came back, as soon as I fired up social media, that was the first thing wow. on the top of my feed because I'd been I'd been gone literally a week after for the week after the the finale aired. So by the time I actually came back to social media, people had already uh, figured everybody knew. So but it doesn't it didn't bother me uh, at all, like I said. Um, and I haven't listened to the either. I haven't listened to either the podcast, those podcasts yet of the that episode. So I need to. Uh, go back and listen to that one. Yeah, to the, so everybody talk. Listen to the Walking Dead talk through with me and Kyle. Uh, Brian has been gone for a couple of weeks. He finally got a job and he's down in Florida. Awesome. Amen. Thank God. And uh, so uh, Brian wasn't able to be on, so me and Kyle took the reins and uh, we had a good time with it. And you'll hear a lot of my uh, <laughs> pop culture references in the past two episodes. <laughs> nice. I, I like to I like to throw in like Terminator, Jurassic Park, things like that. So I like to have fun with it. So uh, everybody listen to that. Have a good time with it. I I really enjoyed doing it. Um, I think Kyle had 
fun with it as well. So uh, Brian really really wants to get his uh, points out there. So we're probably going to do something, I would say, towards the middle of July, hopefully, when he settles down. And we'll come back with uh, the Walking Dead talk through and have Brian's gripes and complaints <laughs> about the, the, the mid-season. Uh, well, yeah, the mid-season and how it's been. And I don't blame him. I, I trust me. I, I love the idea of uh, Madison. I love that character. Mm-hmm. Get, to get rid of that character, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I, yeah. That's like. And I, Kim Dickens was amazing. She was an amazing person as well. I, so. I just hope they don't get rid of Coleman Domingo or Alicia Demnan Carey or, you know, it's like it, it can't move on with just John Dory. I like John Dory. I love him now. I'm part of the uh, unofficial John Dory fan club. <laughs> and uh, it's out there, too, by the way. If you want, check out Pake Allen's Instagram because he has the shirt on with Wendy Ott Eppers. And uh, Gary Dillahunt yeah. actually commented on that, and he goes, Dem shirts. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it's it was pretty good. awesome. So we had a little Z-Head reunion, and we had fun with that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like the idea of the new characters as well as Morgan, but mm-hmm. I don't think it should just continue on with just them. I'm, I'm really wanting to see Alicia and Strand continue on with this show. Yeah, yeah. You know, but Very good. that's just me. Yep. All right. Is there anything else as we start getting towards a wrap-up here? Um, well, there's one little thing. Pretty funny how they have a bottle of wild <laughs> instead of well yeah i actually thought it was wild turkey um when i saw it i didn't notice the, the name change um but of course if you're uh part of our again part of our patreon group you'll see that i think it was avelino posted a picture of a, a screen grab that she has the four roses brandy on her uh brandy bourbon on uh, on her desk next to her so apparently four roses was able to get in the get in on the action but wild turkey not so much um. yeah and somebody we know actually works for a company that sponsors them which is awesome uh, so uh any of you out there uh look at dead connection i i think allison will actually post it but you know wild fowl uh, is something that's a, a brand name of something that she sponsors with her company, and it's amazing. Um, nice, so, nice. So, so yeah, it's out there. But it's funny how they wouldn't use wild turkey in the yeah. actual show. So I thought that was pretty cool. So we had one other thing that I want to bring up before we before we sign off. A big thank you to Vic Ryder. Uh, he left us a five star review on iTunes back in January, <laughs> um, and I uh, apologize that we did not see it earlier, Vic. Uh, but thank you very much, and we welcome anyone uh, to give us uh, uh, some reviews on iTunes or whatever media form you listen to podcasts on. I think uh, these podcasts should start dropping here pretty quick. Um, they, I know, uh, uh, Next Level released two of them last week. Uh, I didn't see one this week, but uh, we'll start getting those out there on a regular basis uh, so you all can listen and uh, hear. You can submit any other theories and feedbacks to our Facebook group, which is www.facebook.com slash panels to pixels. And that's uh, panels spelled out in two T-O and then pixels. 
uh, just like the horrible Adam Sandler movie. Panels to pixels. <laughs> oh, uh, I like that can, movie, man. <laughs> you can also email us at uh, panels to pixels one at gmail.com, and uh, we will respond to those as soon as we start getting them. Where else can you hear us? Uh, well, you could hear me. I, I'm a co-host on the Walking Dead Talk Through with Brian Malosh on Golden Spiral Media. So uh, you could hear me there. Uh, we're currently doing Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, right now it's in the mid-season hiatus. So we're going to be picking that up in, I believe, August. And you can hear me if you listen to any of the Podcastica uh, podcasts. I submit a lot of voicemail feedback to uh, Stranger, Strange Indeed and to the uh, – it's not on Podcastica. The Lost one is on Next Level as well. I've been submitting feedback to them. If you enjoyed the the TV show Lost or if you want to rewatch uh, that or if you've never watched it before, start watching Lost now. Uh, ben – Ben and Kristen Hall, I think, are doing a wonderful job with the Lost We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited podcast. And uh, that is on Next Level Radio, which is our network. Yeah, listen to them. We love them to death. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, honestly, you could actually hear Steve in other shows as well. If you go Ash versus the Evil Dead, season, (laughs) what, is it season three? They're done, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the the mourning period is over. Ash versus Evil Dead has not been renewed for a season four. Uh, it's it's done. Bruce Campbell has announced his retirement of the character, and uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe they can back up a Briggs truck to his uh, to his door and convince him to play Ash again. But I did submit some voicemail feedback to that podcastica show which was ash uh the evil dead cast is what it was called yes and it was awesome too by the way i loved hearing steve talking and doing his own (laughs) rendition of the actual script i did my own little monologue yes i did dude it was cool i I think it's awesome man thanks man i appreciate it i gave it a little southern twang to it but uh other than that (laughs) Uh, I thought it came out pretty good. I think I'd only had about three drinks before I did that one. Hey, it works out. You know, it it sounded great to me. And, you know, honestly, uh, you love the show. I love the show. And uh, hopefully Dana and uh, Lorenzo will actually find uh, another job. But and I'm sure that Bruce will continue to work. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. And good night. Good night. Good night.